0: Fortunately, once again, I have the honor of welcoming in our good friend from the News and Observer, award winning columnist, not filing from the beach for this report, I do not believe. It is Luke DeCock. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm good. We're going to do that uh, under the Shibumi interview at some point, though, maybe in August.
0: Wait, I thought we did. I thought, uh, were you not under the Shibumi last time we talked?
1: Was I under the – oh, I was. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was remember we talked about doing it. Yeah, I think we – I know we – yeah, we talked about doing it. I can't remember if we actually did it or not because oh. the sound would have been
0: awful. Uh, that's true, unless you get like the perfect day, just enough puffs of wind to keep it afloat but not enough to rattle it. yeah I think yeah. we keep discussing it, but we haven't actually done it. um I want your thoughts on the Chelsea-Wrexham uh, affair at Chapel Hill. I know that it's f- soccer culture, and I am not a soccer hater – this, I've, this is true for me through all sports. I love college basketball to death. It's a sport I grew up with. It's a sport close to my heart. But I do not watch exhibition college basketball games. So for me, it's tough to understand that soccer culture. What was your uh, perspective being on the scene for Chelsea Rexham this week? I mean, uh,
1: I, I get it, I guess, is my argument. Because uh, in this case, this would be sort of like if you lived in uh, London and UNC and Syracuse played an exhibition in London or UNC State played an exhibition, like whatever, if one of your basketball teams uh, was over there, maybe a better example is like the Bulls or any NBA team that is in the Hornets um, are over there. You get a chance to see these players in person who you only see on TV. I get the appeal of that, especially in the case of Redstone, which, look, is not one of the best clubs in the world. It's not even one of the best clubs in England. It may not be the best club in Wales. Um, but people know these players and the people around the team because of the television show, and they were hoping Ryan Reynolds would show up and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, the appeal is is that you get to see these teams you only see on TV. And, and look, for us, college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, you know, we get to see these guys live all the time. Um, you know, if not all the time, we have the opportunity to anyway. Sure. So, you know, when a club like Chelsea, one of the biggest clubs in the world, is in town, Rexon, one of the most famous clubs in the world now um that that makes sense and and you know i'm I'm still waiting to kind of hear back from people about how it went but uh this is a this was a big as we talked about this is a big deal for the triangle because we don't really have a venue that's good for you know friendlies exhibitions like this obviously most of them are going to go to charlotte for obvious reasons and that's fine uh but we need to the, the soccer culture is so strong in the triangle we need to have an option um Meds is not big enough for something like this. Uh Carter is too narrow. We found that out in 2011. Uh Keenan Stadium is the right size. Uh obviously they have to put down grass, which Charlotte won't do for Messi. Uh but but <laughs> it's something UNC is interested in pursuing. And and so I think if if the organizers were happy, the promoters were happy, you know, we'll see more of this in the future. And I I think that's a pretty good thing because people here in the Triangle ball always love soccer. Um, you know, going back to the days when Eurosport was founded in Durham, and uh, this is this has been you know the UNC women and and all of that. Um, it, it's a it's a, try, it's a soccer crazy area. There's no question about it. The MLS things unfortunate, but this is is going to be maybe a, a solution going forward to at least have something to watch in the summer.
0: Am I being insecure, though, when, uh, you know, I, I realize that some ignorant Americans think that the NFL is the biggest sport in the world um, where, you know, the, the numbers would probably say soccer by a landslide. But am I uh, so I get that soccer is a big deal, whatever. But am I insecure? And I'm not an NFL honk. but we send NFL regular season games over there. Am I being insecure to be like, why can't we get a regular season EPL game over here played like we do that? You know, they've talked about
1: it. There was one year that they actually had a proposal to play, you know, one game for every team each season somewhere outside of the U.K. Uh, you know, hey, the Big 12 is going to play football and basketball in Mexico. This is, you know, the NHL, the Hurricanes have played in Finland. The NHL is playing in Australia this this spring. Um, you know, different leagues, I can't remember, I think it was the Spanish League played their cup final um, overseas at one point. So, you know, soccer leagues aren't quite at the same level, uh European soccer leagues aren't quite at the same level with that as American professional sports are, in part because there's so much fervor forward at home and and you know you're not have done have the same sort of desire to export it the way the NFL and NBA and NHL do. but I think you'll see more of that. I think you'll see more of these summer tours. they they've been going on for a while. they they continue to gather steam. Um, and I think you'll see maybe you know like some of the lesser level cup competitions, like maybe like the league cup played in New York at the Meadowlands, you know, so you fly over the you know, the two teams that are still alive in the, the League Cup at the end of the year and they play. I think you'll see more of that. I think it was the Copa del Rey got yeah. played uh somewhere. So at any rate, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, and then you look at what's going on with Saudi Arabia where they're buying up all these players. I mean, I can't imagine they're gonna play all those games in Saudi Arabia. I could see those guys traveling the world and then, you know, in a, a, a full global sports washing event. Um, but, you know, you know, I think you'll see more of that. And, and you're going to see more of the NHL going overseas. You're going to see more of the NFL. You're going to see the Big 12. All right, so here's my question for you, Hayes. Yes. The ACC, we're going to pursue a foreign country the way the Big 12 is pursuing Mexico. Which country should it pursue?
0: Um, God, I wish I had a pithy answer. Um, yeah, if
1: I had a good one, I would have suggested it.
0: Um, you know... It's. I mean, is it, it, Canada in the footprint? I, you know, like I was trying to put that in somewhere. You know, you, you that, is it, it
1: Syracuse in
0: Canada? I was. Yeah, I, I was thinking you could draw a straight line, like as the crow flies, between two ACC schools, and maybe. Have to go in through Canada at some point, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't yeah, have so
1: Northern here Syracuse. I they, think you might dip over Southern Ontario potentially.
0: There we go. So maybe that one makes the most sense. That's the trouble with being uh, a big country next to big countries. Like it's, it'd be cool if it were Europe and there were more options that would actually be viable to discuss because they're nearby. You know what I mean? Um,
1: yeah, I, yeah I, I think the ACC should fully perf- pursue the Bahamas. And a lot of the regular season should be played in the Bahamas no, at the end of the should open a bureau.
0: No, none of this is, is personally driven. Uh, none of it. All right. Well, uh, well, let's let's go down kind of that path. You won't get sent to the Bahamas, but you, uh, as I'm watching the British Open, rem- and reminder, when the U.S. Open wrapped uh, a couple weeks ago, Pinehurst is now on the clock. So, uh, as a consolation prize for no Bermuda trip, we're going to send you to Pinehurst. Remind me, what is it like? five times in the next 20 or something years uh is we this is the first u.s open that's going to kick off since the that relationship between pinehurst and the usga has been solidified remind us what that deal looks like and and exactly what we're getting out of it because it's about to be where pinehurst becomes a a mainstay of the u.s open in a way it hasn't even been yet
1: yeah no it's going to be crazy and and other usga tournaments too not just at pinehurst but but in the state, I mean, there was a U.S. Open qualifier at Old Chatham this year for the first time in the triangle. First time in the state in, in 40 years. So there's a lot, uh, a lot of that stuff going on. Now the USG is building a, a satellite headquarters in Pinehurst, a golf house south. Uh, they're gonna have an agronomy research and some equipment testing facilities. They're all in on Pinehurst as sort of a you know, the a uh, focal point, a foundation course for the U.S. Open and the USGA. So we've got the U.S. Open in 24, and then they're going to do the, the men and the women back-to-back again in, in 29. I think it's 29, like they did in 2014, um, which was great. Um, it helped that Michelle Wee won, but it brought a ton of attention to the women's Open that it doesn't normally get. And I, I, you know, personally, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was really cool to have those two back-to-back. And Pinehurst, because of, you know, the kind of course it is and the way the sandhills drain and the weather in the summer, uh, is the kind of course that can hold up to playing two majors back to back. Not a lot of courses would be able to do that. You'd burn out the greens or, um, they wouldn't be able to handle the traffic in the spectator areas, which Pinehurst does really well because a lot of that is sand. Uh, so it's, it's the beginning of a, a real relationship. And I think it's, it's only going to deepen based on my conversations with people at the USGA. Uh, you know, they, they're always going to have a relationship with Pebble. There are always going to be courses like Oakmont and Baltus Raw that are heavily in the U.S. Open rotation for obvious reasons. Uh, but there's a real relationship with Pinehurst that is is going to strengthen. And I was actually just looking at the field for the junior amateur. Uh, I think North Carolina is, is third behind uh, California and Florida and maybe even ahead of Texas in terms of participants. It's it's a golf state, you know, and and it always has been, but I think that's growing and growing. And the, you know, there's always been pros out of here, you know, from Scott Hope to Webb Simpson to the Batia. But I think you're seeing the the level of amateur golf is getting better. Um, the, the 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 golf industry is getting stronger, and the USGA has kind of gone all in on Pinehurst, which you know, as they prepare to open or start building, I should say, a new Pinehurst course on the old pit uh, footprint. Uh, closer to closer to the other side of downtown, yep. uh, Pinehurst is going to grow. And so it's it's, it's going to become a regular thing, which I think is really cool.
0: Um, Luke DeCock joining us from the News and Observer. Uh, I said earlier in the show that, and you're one of the people I had in mind, that as soon as the scandal at Northwestern broke and, and things were coming out about Pat Fitzgerald, I was betting that reporters I knew probably were contacting the ACC office and asking for comment from Jim Phillips. And I'm betting that he pushed it off as long as he could. But once he was named a defendant in several lawsuits, um, a statement had to be made, and he did. He forcefully denied any knowledge or, or uh, you know, ever doing anything proper knowing anything improper covering anything up i mean it's it's the the statement that you want to see that if it's totally true that you know it seems like he might be in good standing but we know these things can change and even if you weren't directly involved as a leader sometimes things can wash their way up to you when uh, i'm not troubles the wrong word i want to use and and obviously this is a serious issue so i'm not trying to to downplay it but I, but i guess when to me, from my perspective, right now, Jim Phillips' job is not in jeopardy. What could change that might make that uh, different?
1: Well, there's a couple things. One could be if new evidence emerges that directly links him to this, that he knew uh, what was going on or had uh, the opportunity to stop it and didn't take it, um, which obviously he, is, he has come out and, and, and forcefully disagreed. The other is, is if the presidents decide that you know somebody who was in charge during that period of time and wasn't aware of it didn't become aware of it let that culture fester in his athletic department and don't forget it's it's um you know baseball was hired the baseball coach was hired after phillips left but um there was a cheerleading lawsuit that he wasn't named in um, but there were you know there you could make the argument that there was a culture uh, of sort of harassment and hazing at northwestern that existed during his tenure if the acc presidents decide that they've lost confidence in him to run their league because they've lost confidence in the way he ran Northwestern's athletic department, then he's going to be in trouble. At this point, it, it doesn't seem that way. But if there's at any point where the sort of perception changes and, and uh, university presidents feel that the the league is at threat or that the league's reputation is at threat, look, they're going to throw him over the edge to save their own skins. There's no doubt about it. Um, but to this point there, there hasn't been any sort of direct link between Phillips um, and anything that's 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 happened, um, just you know the, the the two lawsuits. Um but the two lawsuits aren't a good look for the ACC. You know, they hired this guy with a squeaky, clean reputation, somebody who's, you know, as we heard last year at Football Media Day, the backbone of his approach is taking care of athletes and athlete welfare and doing the best thing for them. Um, it's very difficult now to look at an athletic department that clearly wasn't doing that while he was in charge. Does't mean he was actively involved in that but he oversaw a department where that happened. And in some circles in college athletics, that's a pretty damning accusation, regardless of whether it was intentional or
0: not. Luke DeCock of the News and Observer. Uh, Columnists are supposed to make bold predictions. Uh, Have you named uh, a ceiling or plateau that you think that – Bryce Young will reach. Is he a starter that can win you a Super Bowl? Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he a bust because he's too small? Have you put a bold stamp on uh, a prediction for Bryce Young's future 10 years from now based on OTAs and uh, his college career?
1: No, and I, and I wouldn't. I mean, I would be the first to say I'm terrible at evaluating quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, who Which college quarterbacks are going to make it in the pros? I think most football people are, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, my concern with Bryce Young is the same as it's been all along. You're, you know, historically speaking, guys, his height have not fared well. And there are outliers, obviously, um, here and there, but you're putting a very heavy wager, you're wagering your franchise, essentially, on a guy who's going to have to go against the currents of history. So I wouldn't say I'm skeptical. Um, I, I, I would say that I think he's, there's a lot that has to go right here for him to be successful, let alone – take them to a Super Bowl, let alone be a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, I think he's probably, based on his experience of Alabama and his skill set and his mental toolbox, probably solid NFL starter is kind of uh, his, maybe even his floor. Um, but, Um But I don't know whether this is going to be a solid but unspectacular quarterback who you could have picked up for a third-round pick after he's been in the league for three years or a superstar worthy of trading up to get the number one pick. I just... I just uh, I don't see him as being a Hall of Famer, but um, you know he doesn't look to me like an Andrew Luck or uh, you know one of those guys coming out of college where it just seems obvious. I think there's some still some questions here. I think it's very much a gamble, um, but I do think the floor is pretty high.
0: Luke Decock, News and Observer. Uh, I don't know. I know you're not on technical vacation, but you're on vacation from like having to be at a game every night and every weekend. So enjoy whatever is left of the summer. Uh, they don't make you go to Panthers uh, training camp, do they?
1: No, no, Good. I don't do much. Uh, I haven't done much with the Panthers the last couple of years just because of sort of changes in leadership. There was a period of time up until the last fall, really, where I was doing a lot of Panthers because I think readers here do care about it. but. Um, you know, we, we share content with Charlotte, and there's decisions that are made above my head, so I don't go down the Panthers game anymore. I th- so I, I will not be going to Spartanburg.
0: I thought you meant change. You? I'm going to
1: be at kickoff anyway, Hayes. Uh,
0: so. Of course, of course. I didn't even get into kickoff. All right, 34 wins between State, UNC, Duke, and Wake uh, last year. You taking the under on that combo, th- that total this year? If I gave you 34?
1: No, I, I, I'm actually going to take the over. No
0: way. Because I think... Yeah, I think Wake's
1: going to be I think Wake's going to surprise some people. I think as we've talked about Duke could be better but have a worse win-loss record, but I don't think it's going to be that much worse. I think state can surprise some people. And I think Carolina, if Carolina does what Carolina's capable of doing, will be good. So
0: All I right. think that
1: number could be higher.
0: It was two nine-win seasons and two eight-win seasons last year. That's a pretty big ball. I mean, I, if one person, if one one of those schools comes in with a five or sixer, it's going to make it really tough. But I respect the uh, optimism and honesty. It's going to be a good fall here in North Carolina. Lou DeCock, Observer, appreciate it, man. Thank you.
1: You got it, Ace. Good luck tonight.
0: Thank you.